My name is Dr. Brian Thatcher, and I would like to welcome you to Pearls of Divine Mercy. I'm speaking on behalf of Eucharistic Apostles of the Divine Mercy, a lay outreach ministry of the Congregation of Marians of the Immaculate Conception based in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Our mission is to form Divine Mercy prayer groups or cenacles where people learn the faith and then build up the local church through spiritual and corporal works of mercy and to promote the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and recitation of the Divine Mercy Chaplet during Eucharistic adoration for the intentions of the sick and dying. Our website is at www.thedivinemercy.org, thedivinemercy.org. For information on the ministry, please call us toll-free at 877-380-0727. All callers will receive a free prayer card with the Divine Mercy Chaplet on the back. Quotations of St. Faustina are taken from her diary, Divine Mercy in My Soul, copyright 2001, Marians of the Immaculate Conception. Today's topic will be on trust in God, and I want to share with you a personal witness of mine regarding trust. But first, I want to begin by reading from St. Faustina's diary, entry 1578, where the Lord told her, Let souls who are striving for perfection particularly adore my mercy, because the abundance of graces which I grant them flows from my mercy. I desire that these souls distinguish themselves by boundless trust in my mercy. I myself will tend to the sanctification of such souls. I will provide them with everything they will need to obtain sanctity. The graces of my mercy are drawn by means of one vessel only, and that is trust. The more a soul trusts, the more it will receive. Reading about trust and living it are two different matters. Many times in my life, even on a daily basis, I have not trusted in God. But I do want to share with you a personal experience as I reflect back on and thank God for the grace of trusting Him and His divine mercy on this occasion. The day started out as a normal day in late 1996. Four years prior to that, I had hit my own personal bottom and was in need of much healing. Our son John Paul was born on September 9, 1995 and was a sign of healing and God's love. Ever since John Paul was born, he had been a source of great joy to both my wife and me. He always had a smile on his face and was such a happy child. This was probably the case because my wife and I were at peace ourselves. I'd returned from an exhausting trip to a conference in Denver the night before and was very tired. The following night we were having a mass in the home and my wife was also watching two foster children for a friend. While getting the home ready for the Mass, I stepped out on our back patio. I opened the gate to the swimming pool and walked out to the backyard. While in the backyard, my son yelled for me to come in front of the home to start the mower. I forgot that I had left the pool gate open. I then walked into the house and my oldest daughter said, Dad, it's time to get ready to go to swim practice. I forgot about leaving the pool gate open and took my daughter to swim practice. Fifteen minutes later, I received a call from my frantic ten-year-old son who said that John Paul was dead. He said that someone had left the pool gate open and that he was blue and John Paul was not breathing. Mom had already started CPR on him, but I told my son to call 911 and that I was on my way and we would be home in ten to fifteen minutes. On the drive home, I began praying with all my heart and asking Jesus to have mercy on John Paul and me. I realized that I had left the pool gate open 
and asked Jesus why he would take John Paul from us at this time. I imagined his little head bobbing up and down as he struggled for air. He had been such a source of great joy and was a sign of a healed marriage. He gave hope to many friends and other families that God's love can carry people through the greatest depths of sorrow. On the way home, as I was praying to Jesus, Our Lady, and all the saints, I realized that at this moment I needed trust. I had been telling others about divine mercy and a need for trust for a few years, and now the time had come for me to live what I had been telling others. As we came to a major intersection, we were stopped by a red light. While praying and imploring God's mercy, the scriptural passage of Abraham being tested by God from Genesis came to mind. I recall the great trust of Abraham, who was trying to do God's will, and believing and knowing that God would provide for the sacrifice. I told God that I did not understand why he would take John Paul from us at this time, but I had to trust in him. And like Abraham was offering Isaac up to God, I offered John Paul back to Jesus, thanking him for the time that he had given him to us. When I arrived home, the emergency squad had just arrived, and paramedics were working on John Paul and loading him into the ambulance. He was comatose, very sluggish, and unresponsive. Upon arriving at the hospital, I called my sister, who lived about three hours away, and told her to pray for John Paul in prayer group that night. Over the next few hours, and then every hour and every hour, his clarity improved, and at the end of a day and a half, he was ready to go home, totally normal. I saw my sister three weeks later, and she said, I've never had a chance to tell you this story. I knew John Paul was going to be fine. We prayed for him in prayer group that night, and the next day my friend called and said, While praying, I had a vision. I saw Abraham offer Isaac up to God, and Jesus stepped in the middle and gave him back. I said to her, as tears began coming down my cheeks, well, let me tell you the rest of the story. Now, even if John Paul had not survived his near-drowning episode, I felt that I had placed my trust in God in a difficult time and situation. Certainly, at times, I stumble and fall, but I look on this as a time of trial and one in which I had been faithful to our Lord. At this time, Paul is totally normal and a typical five-year-old boy. Yet in other ways, he is atypical. He almost always has a smile on his face, and he loves to play and laugh. He has a radiating beam of peace and happiness that can melt a heart instantly. The episode gave a great pre for the gift and city of and I better understand the fragility of life and the fact God does not promise us tomorrow. Understand the fragility of life and the fact that God does not promise us tomorrow. I try to take things more on a day-to-day basis, realizing that God is in control. The lesson I learned was to trust God in all situations. The outcome may not be what we want, but God has a better plan, and we should all pray for the grace to accept His will. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Brian Thatcher, for Pearls of Divine Mercy. If you would like to know more about our efforts to form Divine Mercy prayer groups or cenacles and to promote recitation of the Divine Mercy chaplet during Eucharistic adoration for the sick and the dying, please call our ministry toll-free at 1-877-380-0727 or look at our website at www.thedivinemercy.org, thedivinemercy.org. All callers will receive a free prayer card with the Divine Mercy Chaplet printed on the back.